It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On and save $10 off that first order. On today's show, I'm joined by Olivia Punchall of DailyThunder.com to discuss the NBA restart, what injuries could occur, and how the Thunder will fare inside the bubble. Olivia, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty fantastic because the Thunder are traveling to Orlando on the day we're recording this, and it seems like we're going to have basketball. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's been a long time coming. (laughs) Are are you still confident that this bubble, as we see spikes around the nation, is going to uh, not only get played but finish? So I think that the NBA has been doing a really good job of making sure that Um, players are quarantining, that they're getting tested, and that they're doing everything right inside the bubble. Um, The only thing that I'm worried about is as we see the number of cases going up um, countrywide, and especially in Florida, I'm worried that, you know, that situation might affect the NBA bubble. So just friendly reminder, stay inside, wear your mask, so that way we can have basketball and hopefully a Thunder championship. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm still confident it's going to happen. I think that my biggest concern is not really an outbreak in the bubble, but it's kind of like you're saying, if we continue to see numbers in Florida go up, can the NBA really kind of hoard all these tests or do we have enough testing uh, still once we get to, say, you know, September? Mm-hmm. It's still a little bit up in the air for me, but I'm confident it's going to happen. Right. And also keep in mind that the staff, the Disney World staff that are coming into the bubble, they're not being quarantined. So you are having people coming from outside the bubble into the bubble. So if cases get pretty bad in Orlando, it could mess things up for the even inside the bubble. So I wanted to have you on today because you do some great work at Daily Thunder and you're always writing about you know, injuries and going into real great detail about them. So first, just tell the people your story and how you kind of got into you know, breaking down injuries and, and your background with that. Sure. Um, So I did my undergraduate degree at USC in biology with an emphasis on human performance. And that's also where I did my research on ACL injuries. So that's kind of how I got interested in um, the sports medicine side and covering injuries. And now I'm a first year medical student. So hopefully four years from now, I'll be, you know, maybe maybe, um, taking care of Thunder players, but we'll see. (laughs) So we, we've heard since this bubble really was formed and the, and the stoppage happened, we've heard that the, the blanket term of players are worried about injury. You know, go into that a little bit for me. What, what's different about this time period, about ramping up these elite athletes' body for a short window of time uh, after a long layoff and throwing them right into a playoff atmosphere, atmosphere more so than a normal year whenever you're just getting thrown into you know, game one of 82? Right. Um, There's just a little bit less lead up. And I think that maybe, um, you know, players might have taken a little bit of a break, not knowing that the season was going to come back when it did. But I do think for the most part that the majority of players have stayed in shape. So remember, these are world class athletes. They don't just, you know, 
whenever their basketball is not being played, they don't just stop working out or stop eating well. So I think for the most part, everyone's been training, even if it's on their own and not with the team. And then just from the interviews that we've had with Thunder players so far, pretty much everyone said they've been training on their own. They've been playing pickup basketball outside. So I'm actually not too concerned about injuries going back into the bubble. What I am concerned about is because we're not going to have really a long off season, the, the players that are making it to uh, the late stages of the playoffs are going to be playing all the way until October. And then the season's going to restart in December. So what I'm most concerned about is actually an uptake in injuries next season because these players aren't getting a sufficient amount of break um, like they normally would. And what, what injuries you know, specifically, would you say, is it more just like the ACL type of thing and, and some tissues like that? Or is there a different injury that you should really look at going into next year as we, as like you said, you're going to play till October, then turn right back around, get into training camp, probably late November and then play mid-December? Exactly. Um, you know, there's not necessarily a specific in- injury, but uh, research shows that fatigue is one of the biggest indicators of injury. So if these players are not getting, you know, the necessary break and rest and just putting too high of a demand on their body, that's going to increase the likelihood of really any type of injury, whether that's, you know, ACL, Achilles, quadriceps. Um, as far as specific players on the Thunder, we have to be careful with our players that had injuries before the bubble. So Darius Baisley with his knee, Andre Robertson, we want to make sure that those players are easing their way back in and not going from zero to 100 real quickly because that could re-aggravate an existing injury. And you don't want your car to re-aggravate an existing condition. That's why you should head on over to rockauto.com. rockauto.com has an amazing selection with reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. With 20 years in the business serving you auto parts online, they have an impeccable resume and they have hundreds and hundreds of manufacturers for any make and model that you might have. 20 years ago, you had no idea how to send an email properly, but you could have been going to rockauto.com and buying all of the auto parts your car would ever need. They have an easy to navigate website and they can get you set up over there at rockauto.com right locked on in the how did you hear about us box and they'll know what to do from there amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So with Andre, we of course have to bring him up as we're discussing injuries. And I know that we haven't really gotten a ton of details about, you know, his body, his rehab, and and what's been going on in these last, you know, two years. Uh, But right now, all signs are positive as they once were at media day once we started the season way back when in September but on a scale of one to ten let's just start here how confident are you that we actually see him play this year um like a six maybe a seven um the only reason why I'm well two things I'm hesitant about so uh just he hasn't been practicing with the team he's been in Los Angeles but now he's back with the team he's been practicing with the team so that's a good sign um Lou Dort said that he that Andre is ready to go, whatever that means. <laughs> but maybe that means we'll see him 
play maybe a couple of the regular season games, but it's going to be very limited minutes, and it's not going to be the Andre Robertson that we know and love um, before he had his injury. So I think that if he does come back and play, it's going to be very limited minutes, probably garbage time, unfortunately. But I would just like to see him play again. I would like to see him play for the Thunder, hopefully this season, but also next season in a full in a larger capacity. But I always I think that if we're being realistic in the injury that he had, he's probably never going to be a starter for the Thunder or another NBA team. But I'd like him to at least get the chance to play. Yeah, I've moved up to a five just because of how much positivity there is around it right now. But we've heard this before from Andre. I mean, at media day, he was telling us he was a full go. He didn't play a preseason game. So there's still a lot of variables here. And you Mm -hmm. touched on this a little bit, but, you know, as someone who studied the knee and studied things like this that Andre has injured, you know, two years ago, we can't expect him to come back. I've always said that he's not going to come back as that elite defender. Uh, You know, is that correct that, you know, when he he does come back, if he does return this year, it's going to be at a dramatic drop-off defensively. Now, considering that his height was one of the best, if not the best defenders in the NBA, a dramatic drop-off for him would still be a pretty good defender. But I don't think that we can just snap our fingers and expect him to be uh, that elite guy he once was defensively. Yeah, definitely. Patellar tendon rupture is one of the worst injuries that you can get as an NBA player. And if we look historically at players that have had this injury before, there are very few examples of players who came back better than they were prior to their injury. And even if they did, it was like at least one to two years post-injury. So I wouldn't expect anything for this season. I mean, I'm hoping for the best for him. I hope he's an exception to the rule. But even if he is, it's still going to be one to two years before he gets back to that level, just because of how much time it's going to take to get his body back to um, the level of an NBA athlete. So I did want to bring up a couple more a couple more injury things. And I wanted to start with Chris Paul because I want you to help me decide my opinion on this. Okay. <laughs> so he's been really interesting in this layoff because I think that collectively as Thunder fans, we've all kind of subsided to the fact that, hey, this is going to be great for Chris Paul. You know, he's mm-hmm. always run down at the end of the season. He's always draining in the postseason, which leads to some hamstring injuries and things like that. And this will allow him to be refreshed. But now as we're sitting here getting closer to this, Uh, bubble and you look at his age his injury history uh, how concerned are you that Chris Paul having to revamp his body for eight games and then go right into the postseason after a longer layoff than the last three off seasons were you know are how are you feeling on that aspect be more positive uh, that taking away that this was a positive layoff for Chris Paul or are you going to this thinking that this layoff could be negative or is it so up in the air that it can go either way I think it'll be positive because I think that Chris Paul has probably had an idea from the very beginning that the NBA would be returning at some point just because of his closeness to the Player Association, Adam Silver. Um, I think he's just been a part of these conversations from early on. So I would I would expect that he, since he knew that season was coming back early that he never really stopped. He kept his training up even on his own when he couldn't practice with teammates. He's also just like, he's a veteran guy. You know, he is going to make smart decisions for himself. He knows how to take care of his body. So I think it's going to be really good for him. Um, and it's different than other off seasons, like the, usually the off season we have at the end of the season, because you know exactly how long that's going to be. And you know, like when you've been through those off seasons before, so you know when you need to start getting ready for the season to be in shape for when the season starts. So this one is a little bit different because it was kind of an unknown length of time. But my guess is Chris Paul being the leader that he is, um, having the role that he's had in restarting the season, that he's been training and working 
um, throughout this entire quarantine. So I think he's, it's going to be great for him. All right. I'm all in. I'm, I'm positive on Chris Paul now, but you are right. This is a different uh, layoff because normally in an off season, these guys are still playing pickup basketball with NBA athletes. And, you know, you haven't really got to do that in this quarantine because for half the time you were supposed to be locked down. So this is just strictly rest. They haven't really gotten to play some high level pickup games like they usually do in the off season. That's true. Um, I mean, I think, I don't know, Shea, Shea Gilgis-Alexander said he was playing pickup um, outside with his friends. It may not be other NBA athletes, but, you know, it's, it's getting in work. It's getting in reps. And they have this training period, this one month, where they're going to be in Orlando. They're going to have scrimmages um, before they actually start playing. And then they have eight games, and then they have the playoffs. So by the time we get to the playoffs, I think they'll have put in a considerable, considerable amount of um, pickup games or scrimmages. So that, I think, won't be a huge problem um, for Chris Paul. So the last real injury thing before we shift into just strictly the Thunder, you know, in the <laughs> Thunder bubble, is Gallo. And he's been resting on back-to-backs uh, this entire season. And the, you look at the Thunder's back-to-back in the bubble, it's going to be the Wizards and Suns back-to-back. And the Wizards are without Wall, Beal, and Bertans. For you personally, if you were Billy Donovan, do you look at this back-to-back as a chance to continue to load-manage Gallo or do you view it as, okay, in these eight games, we need to get as many reps in as possible and get you into game shape. And if that means that you play a half, if you play a full game, whatever that means, we're just going to get you the reps. How would you decide this if you were Billy Donovan? I think it entirely depends on what level Gallo is at when he returns. And I don't know that, but Donovan would know. So I think it's just depending on what, what Gallo's level is. Like you said, it doesn't have to be he plays the whole game on the second night of a back-to-back, but just like maybe starts and then sits the second half just to get more experience in. But I would only do that if, you know, there's been a significant drop-off in Gallo's game readiness. Otherwise, you know, I think that game against the Wizards is an easy win. Give him the break. Um, One nice thing about the back-to-backs in the bubble, though, is that you don't have to travel in between. So that can take some added stress off off of Gallo as well. So just stay in Billy Diamond's chair right now and, and tell me from your perspective, would you go ahead and send this team into the bubble and try to get the first round pick back in these eight games? Or would you gun for the highest you know, uh, seed possible? Because for me, I've always said that if I was Billy Donovan, I'm just going to let them play the games. I don't care if they win. I don't care if they lose. The most important thing to me is getting accustomed to Disney World life and getting back in game shape. The wins and losses to me as a team that's already clinched the postseason don't really matter for me anymore in these eight games. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, their seeding, I don't think, can change that much. They might go up to the four instead of the five, but because there's no real home court advantage in these playoffs – I'm not really sure that make, that makes a huge difference. But like you said, I think you just go out, you try to win games, um, you get accustomed to the environment, and you get ready for the playoffs. And I think that's, that should be the goal. And then once the playoffs start, I really think the goal should just be win, win, win. Because I've talked about this before on other podcasts and um, on Crossfolds with Brandon. If there ever was a year where a underdog team could make it to the finals, I feel like this is it because so many of the factors that normally favor the higher seeded teams have been neutralized. So there's no real home court advantage. There's no travel, no switching of time zones, um, no real crowds. So I think that, you know, once they get into the playoffs, the objective should be to just win and try to get as far as they can. 
So speaking of the playoffs, the take I've had for a long time on this podcast since taking over the podcast really uh, is that this Thunder team, short of matching up with the Clippers, should be a second-round team without question, in my opinion. Uh, for the first time since Katie left, they should advance to the second round again, barring that they do not match up with the Clippers. What are your thoughts on that, on that opinion, and what are your expectations for this team going into the bubble? Yeah, I would agree with that. So I would really like to make, see them make it to the second round. I think that is a, that in and of itself is a big accomplishment for a team that hasn't made it to the second round, but also the team that I guess is technically rebuilding, although it hasn't felt like a rebuilding year. So that would be great, but it would be awesome if they made it further. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, we'll see. I guess it just depends on matchups. And then another factor is you might have Kawhi Leonard missing several games due to quarantine. And so just a random factor like that could help the Thunder make it to the Western Conference Finals. Who knows? Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's wide open, and I agree with you that anything can happen in this weird bubble scenario. And let's dive into the best and worst cases for the Thunder. To me, the best case scenario is you get to that second round, you're matched up with the Lakers, who I think is a better matchup for the Thunder, uh, and they're a little bit, you know, they have a little bit less depth than the Clippers do. And if they lose a guy for any reason, injury, COVID, whatever, uh, they become a beatable team, uh, especially if this Thunder team is continuing to roll the way they were before this layoff period here. I think the best case scenario is you get to the second round, you match up with the Lakers, and you just hope for the best. And the worst case scenario is you lay another egg in the first round. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um... Please, I hope they really don't. I really hope they don't lay another egg in the first round. I don't know if I can take it, especially if it's against the Utah Jazz. But, yeah, that would be the worst-case scenario. Um, I agree with you. I don't know. Like the Clippers versus the Lakers, it's a difficult choice because, like you said, the Lakers have less depth. um, They have some older players. But they also have the greatest basketball player in the NBA. They have LeBron James. And – I think, I don't know, that factor alone, just based on, you know, previous seasons, I think it's going to be enough to get the Lakers to the finals. So in some ways, I'd rather have the Clippers. And then you get that, you know, that added edge for Gallo and for Shea and CP3 playing against a former team, a former coach. I don't know. I kind of like the Clippers better than the Lakers for a matchup. So I've got to pin you down this real quick. You, you stopped at the greatest player in the NBA. Are you, <laughs> does that mean that you think that Michael Jordan's the best player of all time? No, Brandon and I have argued this at length, um, but no, I do not think so. I think that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. Okay, no arguments here. We can continue on. I, I, I just noticed that you stopped short. You were going to say the best player of all time, and then you said the best player in the NBA. So I had okay. to pin you down on that one. Because Brandon and I are not, and I was worried you wouldn't invite me back on the podcast if I said 
LeBron James was the greatest player of all time. <laughs> no, he's absolutely the greatest player of all time. And I'll have to talk to Brandon about that. And I'll have to have him back on and talk with him about that. Sounds good. But I did want to ask you, so I've been ranking the first round opponents. I think we can both agree it's highly unlikely that either LA teams or Memphis is going to be a first round opponent, obviously. Right. So of the teams left in that case, I would personally go Utah as the easiest, Houston as the second easiest, Denver and Dallas, you, just, you can just fill them in because they both have a lot of weaknesses as well. I would probably go Dallas as three, Denver as four. How would you lay out the, the possible matchups? From easiest to hardest, um, yes. probably Utah number one. Um, ooh, this is tough. Yeah, Utah, I mean, they've lost, um, they lost Boyan. I, I just don't like the, the fit with Conley at all this year. And then you throw in the Mitchell and Gobert effect. I just don't think they're a good team anymore. Yeah, I'm going to say that Utah is probably going to be the easiest and Denver would be the hardest. They've just been a tough opponent for us in the past. I don't know, Jokic is jacked now. So <laughs> that's an interesting factor. I don't, I don't really know, but I'm going to go Utah would be the easiest and Denver would be the hardest. Could go either way for the other two. Yeah, and with, with Denver, I, I think that watching them last year in the postseason almost lose to a bad uh, Spurs team. I know it's not the exact same team, right. but they haven't meshed well in, play, in a playoff atmosphere once the game slows down and you start playing that playoff basketball. So even though I have them at four as well, I don't really view them as unbeatable. And that's why I've said this Thunder team should absolutely, no matter the circumstances, short of playing an L.A. team, should be in the second round. Yeah, I agree with that. We match up really well against all four of those teams. We have really good depth this year, which is something we haven't had in the past. And we, have, we can actually shoot. Like, we have actual reliable shooters. And so I think that would help us against a team like the Rockets that are very three-point heavy. That's no longer an auto loss for the Thunder just because we have shooters now. And quickly for the other teams, I think that, you know, we, we look at Dallas and they have KP, they have Luka, and neither one of them with significant postseason experience. Even Shea has postseason experience, you know, with that great run last year with the Clippers. Uh, but furthermore, at Dallas, they are a historically bad clutch team. The Thunder are a historically great clutch team. You keep that game close, you win every game in that series and move on to the second round for me against Dallas. True. And I worry about injuries for uh, the Mavs. Uh, just because of KP's injuries this season. And Luca also had a couple injuries this season. But they're also really big guys. And so just pure size can, can lend to more injuries. So I always worry about a team like that in the playoffs. I think Houston would be the most fun matchup. But I, I still don't fear playing Houston. I don't think they have a big to, to handle the rotation of Adams and Noel. And I, and I think that Russell Westbrook, we, we know and love him, but he plays outside of himself. He gets really high and really emotional during these kind of games, and it forces him to make some bad decisions at times, as we see with him picking fights with Ricky Rubio in the Jazz series and then falling apart last year sometimes against Damian Lillard. I, I think that the Thunder could easily beat the Rockets and, and Jazz, and then you throw in the clutch factor with the Mavs, and again, the, the Nuggets have not performed well in the postseason. That's why I'm so confident in this team reaching that second round. I agree with you. Yeah, just based on size with Adams and Noel, the Rockets don't really have a center. They've been playing the small ball lineup before the season got postponed. And it just doesn't really stress me out. And like I said, I used to be worried about, you know, just um, live or die by the three point line. But that just doesn't really seem like a concern with this, this version of the Thunder. 
So for the Thunder to achieve what we're talking about here and, and move on to the first round, they're going to need a huge performance from Shea. And I heard your cross bolts. You do a great job on cross bolts. You and Brandon do awesome work. It's so uh, fun to watch that every day, just two, two, three minutes a day. You need to go check that out on Daily Thunder on Twitter and on their website, dailythunder.com. But uh, I, I want to give you the floor, and I just want you to go and rave about Shea because you had a Shea take on Tuesday that is going to make any Thunder fan extremely excited. Yeah, and I'm going to preface this by saying that, yeah, I am a homer when it comes to crossbolts, so <laughs> take this with a grain of salt. But I really think that Shea Gildas-Alexander has – you know, he has real high ceiling on both ends of the floor as an offensive player and defensively. And the player comparison that we talked about on Cross Bolts was comparing Shea Gildas-Alexander to Paul George. They're similar type of players, but also they were part of a trade for each other. So we want to come out on the, on the other side being like, okay, we won this trade because SGA is a better player than Paul George. And so what I said is that I think that if SGA can avoid um, any really major injuries, I think he has the potential to be a better player than Paul George just because his shooting ability is great already. His instincts are great already. Um, he's a pretty good defender for his size. And I think he just has the capacity to grow. And with a mentor like Chris Paul and the ability to lead a team from very early on in his career, um, yeah, I think he's going to be better than Paul George. It's, it'll, it'll take some time, but that would be where I'd put a ceiling at. So you mentioned in there winning the Paul George trade. Am I crazy if you think the Thunder have already done that? I think that Shea is a better player than Victor Oladipo and Sabonis, even though I love both those guys. And I trust that Sam Presti will hit on at least one, at least one of these 15 first-round picks. And I think <laughs> at that point, you know, short of winning a title, you've already won that trade in Oklahoma City in a small market like this to, you know, not allow, you know, Paul George to – take that leverage from you that goes to show how respected that Sam Presti's I talked about this on Wednesday's show you know Paul George could have nuked this entire trade by demanding a trade publicly and not allowing the Thunder to reap all of these benefits so credit to Paul George for not doing that and the relationship built with Sam Presti around the NBA uh, but I think that they've already won this trade because I think that you're right uh, first of all Shea is going to be a Paul George like player in return and I, I trust these picks and I think that Shea is better you know, in terms of the, the entire scheme of things, the entire net of what you gave up. You gave up uh, Sabonis and Oladipo to get Paul George. I think Shea's better than both those guys. And then if we agree that he's going to be on the same plane, if not better than Paul George, I think you've clearly won the trade even before you make a selection. Is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy. You know, obviously I want to wait and see what Presti does with these picks. But I mean, like you said, he's got so many chances to get it right. The probability is that he will. So I, I don't think that's crazy. And I personally think that uh, for Oklahoma City's situation specifically and where we were as a franchise when this trade was made, this was the best case scenario because you don't want, with a small market team, you don't want to end up without, you know, a franchise player, without hope for the future or being like the Sixers and trusting the process. That just doesn't work for a small market team, especially when uh, the Thunder bring in so much money for our state. So I think that, Sam Presti nailed it because now we have Shea Gildas-Alexander is going to be the new face of our franchise. He's going to lead this team into the future. And then we also have on top of that all these picks to like we can basically get to pick and choose and build the team and build the players that we want to surround SGA with. And that's the best position I think you can be in. So moving forward now with this team, because I think it's pretty clear that this team is a second round team. And then maybe if, if something crazy happens, Western Conference Finals, and then if something even crazier happens, NBA Finals. But 
how do you, if you're in Sam Presti's seat right now, how do you navigate this offseason? Are, are you someone uh, who is full board tanking? Uh, you already have one corner piece in Shea. Tank for a year, maybe two. Draft another corner piece. Now you've got two of your big three needed to win uh, and then move on from there. Or do you, are you on the side of maybe even creep, keeping Chris Paul or trading and making a big splash in that trade market for a veteran who can help win now? Um, I would say the latter option. It just doesn't seem like Sam Presti's vibe to be a tanking team. Because if you think about it, of all the opportunities where we could have entered that, so after KD left, after we traded Russell Westbrook, the the next step you would think would be let's tank. But that just hasn't been the case in either of those situations. So I don't really think that's what Sam Presti is looking to do. I think he's more likely to try to build to to get better and to get experience for the younger players on our team. And then he can also use some of those picks that he has to package to get a veteran player, to get someone else to play alongside SGA in addition to whoever we pick in the draft. So I think he has a lot of options where the whole like let's just lose for a couple of seasons thing doesn't have to be the primary option. And I hope it's not because I'm very anti-tanking if you can't tell. I think that what you said in a, a couple uh, minutes ago about, you know, the Oklahoma being a small market and it's, it's never guaranteed that you're ever going to win again. So why would you purposely try to lose? Mm-hmm. I think that, that that goes along with it, Sam Presti and this organization as a whole. And you're right. I mean, this, this franchise generates so much uh, money for this state that if you purposely lose and it starts waning in interest, that can be detrimental to everyone involved. So I think that you're more right about Sam Presti wanting to take every step possible to keep this team relevant, to keep this team in the spotlight, to keep this team winning. Agree. <laughs> so if I, if I had to force you to place a bet right now, factoring yeah. in the short off season, factoring in all of the different variables, how, like you said, we're going to end this in, in October, have the draft like two days later, have free agency a, a day later, factoring in all of that, is Chris Paul on this team opening day of 2020, 2021? Yes, I think so. Um, Partially because I just don't know who would take on his contract and would be a good trade partner. So I know there are teams that have the money or the space to do it. For example, the New York Knicks. But I don't think they have anything that Sam Presti is going to want in return. So it's got to be a good – if Sam Presti is going to trade Chris Paul, it's got to be something that's going to – you know, take OKC to the next level. Otherwise, you might as well just keep him because he's been great for the Thunder this season, not only on the court, but as a leader in the locker room. And I think the players on the team have really benefited from that. Um, When I interviewed Darius Baisley early this season, he really emphasized um, how great it's been having Chris Paul on the team for his own growth as a player. So I think if you, you only trade Chris Paul, if it's a good option for the Thunder, if not, then you've got nothing to lose by holding on to him. I think you're right because there's not enough teams interested. And for the Knicks to make this move, I think that they would. I think that they would truly take on this contract. Uh, But for them to make the move, I think that they would have to do something incredibly stupid because I don't think Sam Presti is just going to give away this contract. I don't think that the ownership group uh, is desperate to move the contract. I think that there's nothing appealing, like you said, on New York. So for them to, to come to an agreement in a short window of time, only from you know October to December and get him off the thunder, it would take something outrageous. You know, it would take like Mitchell Robinson being involved or, or this year's first round pick, which is you know supposed to be top seven this year. I mean, it would take something like that that I just don't see even the Knicks doing. Now, 
we can say that and the Knicks could very well do something crazy, but I don't think even the Knicks would do that. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I, I only trade Chris Paul if it makes sense. Otherwise you can only benefit by keeping him in my opinion. You've already got to pay him anyway. So. So real quick, before we get out of here, Shay today signs his shoe deal with Converse. And I think that Converse is going to make him a global brand. Like he's going to have lifestyle shoes, lifestyle, uh, you know, apparel, as well as on the court stuff. How do you think that this shoe deal plays out for Shay? And does he become, you know, in a non-basketball sense, Russell Westbrook 2.0, where he is someone who's based in Oklahoma, but has a footprint uh, and everyone knows him you know, around the U.S.? I'm so excited for this deal because Shea is so creative. He's so fashionable. Like you said, he really reminds me of Russell Westbrook in the sense of him, like, finding his own style and just being really different. So I think this is a great opportunity for him to really make some really different shoes. And like you said, they can be on court. They can be lifestyle shoes. Um, just like there's just a lot of opportunities for him, I think, to express his creativity with Converse more so than um, other brands. And that's one thing that he talked about. He's like, I love the exclusivity, the fact that there's not a ton of guys um, on the Converse deal, um, just so that way he can really, you know, put his stamp on it. And I think, you know, I think if the Thunder continue as a team continue to play well and continue to be a playoff presence and he has this shoe deal, then yeah, I do think he can become a more widely known name than he is now. And how excited did that quote make you today from Shay of saying that he's packing and planning to be in the bubble until the finals are over. I mean, that's so like a subtle, like subtle, strong statement. Like it's not cocky, but it's just, I don't know. I love that, that confidence in him. And it reminds me of Russell Westbrook too. Between that statement and Gallo saying that this team is fighting for something more important than free agency, how can you not leave this week and head into the weekend feeling really, really good? Yeah, that's why I'm, what I'm saying. Like, I think that the second round is definitely where the Thunder want to be. But I just feel like they have so much more. This team has so many unknowns. There's so much unexpected about it. They seem so hungry. They seem um, like they have a really cohesive as a team about what they want to accomplish when they get to Orlando. There wasn't any hesitancy from anyone about going. It seems like they really have a unified front. And I think that starts with Chris Paul um, as the team leader. But it just, I don't know, it makes me really excited. I can't wait. And I know that it's not going to sound good coming from you know, someone that hosts Locked on Thunder and then you're doing all, your, all that you do at, at Daily Thunder, all your great work over there. But I don't think we're being homers in saying that. I don't understand the people who are so, uh, you know, firm on the Rockets and, and firm on the Mavs and the Nuggets and things like that to where you're still not picking the Thunder. I heard, uh, I think Kevin Arnowitz said that he's not picking the Thunder over the Jazz. I mean, I just don't understand where, where this is coming from. I, I just think it comes down to not doing your homework because this Thunder team – is at least a second round team. And then like you said, anything's possible once you get past that first round. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, I think it's not doing your homework, not watching the thunder. The reason why I know you can call us homers if you want to, but the reason why we're so high on this team is because we've watched every single game. We've seen this team grow from the very beginning of the season where they were really struggling to a really cohesive, um, really clutch team. And, if they can carry that in, if they can pick up right where they left off, that's going to be the biggest challenge. But if they can do that, then I don't even know why you wouldn't give them a chance, especially because the Jazz have so many injuries and so many of their internal chemistry issues are a mess right now. 
I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me, but I think people that have watched the Thunder from the beginning of the season and seen how much this team has grown, if they can pick up where they left off, then yeah, I'm definitely putting them in the second round. And I think that's the big disconnect between national people and local people is that, you know, national people will watch you for the first month and then they'll make their ultimate decision on you and never watch you again. And then they'll just check in on records. So you mix the slow start with being like the fifth seed really close to falling down to like, you know, being the fifth seed, mix, uh, mix it with being close to falling down to the, like sixth or seventh. And they assume that it's the exact same team when it's absolutely different. And they should be the four seed right now if they got to play that game, uh, the Rudy Gobert game. Yeah, it's just a tragedy um, in a lot of ways. But I think you're exactly right. But let them, let them sleep on the Thunder. Let them be surprised by what the Thunder have to offer. And if that's the way that other teams are approaching playing the Thunder as well, then let them. And they'll just they'll be on the losing side of that every time. So whenever I had Brandon on, I, I praised the Crossbolts show. And I, I think it's really great what you guys have came up with. And it's really creative. So I'm going to sit you down in a room right now. and. Every single major shoe company comes to you and says, Olivia, I love your takes on Crossbolt. We want you to represent us. Who are you signing with? Are you going to go with Shea with Converse? Are you going to go with Nike? Who are you going with with the shoe deal? I don't have enough credibility or enough coolness to pick <laughs> a, a brand like New Balance or Converse, um, like Baisley and Shea. So I think I just have to go with, you know, the proven winner and go with Nike. But if I was like a lot more popular and cool, I would definitely go with New Balance and I would uh, join up with Darius Baisley because he's my favorite. That's a good way to put it. I, I think that the safe route is Nike, uh, yeah. but if you really bank on yourself, you would go Converse or New Balance. Right. So this has been awesome. I really appreciate you joining the show. Can you please let them know where they can find that great Crossbolt show and everything that you do at Daily Thunder? Yes, you can find our Crossbolts episodes Monday through Friday on Twitter. That's at Daily Thunder on Twitter, on our website, dailythunder.com, or on Instagram at The Daily Thunder. And then where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter, nice and easy, at Olivia Punchall. That's P-A-N-C-H-A-L. This was awesome. Again, I appreciate you joining the show. Thank you so much for having me. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.